Welcome to this episode of Tap Into College Golf. I'm your host, Brandy Jackson, founder of Brandy Jackson Golf, where young female golfers can come join the team in search of coaching, consulting, mentorship, and guidance on all things junior golf related and, of course, the college recruiting process. There's also access to an online course, or if you're looking for some fun girls golf lifestyle apparel, even added that to the collection last year. So be sure to go check out www.brandyjacksongolf.com. That's Brandy with an I. Welcome to this first edition of the Take 3 series, where I'm taking your questions as parents, players, college coaches, instructors, all of you out there who are listening in and have submitted questions or just even questions throughout times that I'm working with my players or just come across, you know, during seminars and and just out on the course with players that I just feel like are, are really important ones to maybe dive into and not necessarily always include these in the college coach interviews because one of the hardest parts about just this whole process in general is There are so many different answers and coaches a lot of times have so many different preferences for what what they expect and what they're looking for that sometimes it can get kind of confusing. And to be honest, some of the things that I get asked and some of the questions don't have direct, you know, straightforward answers. One of the ones that we're going to tackle today is probably the most common one that fits that case. So with that being said, we're just going to dive into these. Uh, so it's going to be three questions during these episodes. So a little bit quicker episodes than the longer college coach interviews. But hopefully this will give you a little more insight kind of specific to recruiting and junior golf than what we might tackle with some of the college coach interviews. So this first one is, you know, what tours and tournaments do you suggest a, you know, a player, a junior player play? And this can go for the boys and the girls. I'm obviously answer a little more specific to the girls since that's what I do. Um, and this is probably the second, maybe biggest question I get that the answer is it depends. Um, this is like asking somebody, you know, what kind of diet should you go on or what type of workout should you, you know, should you do? There's so many variables that play into this, that it's just different for everybody, whether it's your location, your financial means, your goals for playing college golf, your logistics in terms of being able to get to tournaments. Um, So many factors play into this that this is definitely a different answer for everybody. Um, This is not to say you've got to come seek my advice for me to give you a more specific answer. Um, But to a degree that that is a little bit of what this is because I can sit here and say, play these tours, play these tournaments. um, And it just might not fit where you're at and, and what your goals are. There are certainly ones that are top of the list um, that you're going to get some college coaches that will say they look at, uh, you know, the bigger national tournaments, your AJGA events, your higher ranked like tour events that, you know, obviously I work with the PKB girls tour, some great tournaments there that only some of the higher ranked girls get into these bigger national tournaments. Um, but if your goal is not to play a higher level of division one golf, then that may not be what you need to do. Um, you know, if you want to stay more local and maybe go to a smaller school and you're okay with that, then you can kind of go a different direction. But again, it's just, it's so much based off of, I said, some of these different factors that I mentioned and, you know, financially every family's in a different position. And just because you can afford to go fly to a tournament and and go play an event that has a, you know, a, a bigger prestigious kind of name to it, 
that may not even be the best fit for you and your game, and it could actually be more of a uh, you know a detriment to your game. Or in some cases, um, here in the Carolinas, we have a ton of junior tournaments that are played between North Carolina and South Carolina. And it is, it's great. Uh, it gives the girls and, and the guys, you know, such a chance to stay and not have to travel too much. But sometimes that can actually be a, a little bit of a detriment. Again, if you want to play, you know, really high level golf, you've got to push yourself to compete against, you know, different competition on different settings, different courses, you know, just different uh, just different staff that's running a tournament, you know, all these different things that sometimes if you get too much in a little bit of bubble and too comfortable, um, just because it's convenient and it's there, you might hurt yourself as well. So again, lots of different, uh, different answers to this. And, and it really is just a specific, uh, you know, a specific set of, you know, tours and tournaments based off of, again, your location, your financial means, the logistics of getting to those tournaments, uh, you know, whether it's a family, you know, situation with, you know, brothers and sisters who are playing other sports or a parent who works on the weekend, you know, a lot of factors with that. Um, and, and one of, like I said, the biggest things is just your goals for playing college golf. And does that match up to the need to play a certain type of tournament, a certain type of tour and, and commit to that or not? So, as usual, I know that is not sometimes the answer that many of you want to hear. Um, and it's one reason why I don't ask the college coaches that question a lot. Because again, if you ask one coach that and they tell you something, then you know you may go try to play those tournaments and that just doesn't fit what you're looking for. So hopefully that at least just gives you a little bit of insight into the tours and tournaments and, and which ones might fit the best. Um, and like I said, Always happy to, you know, maybe schedule time with, with some of you all who are listening who may want to dive into that a little bit more specifically. But on to question number two, which is questionnaires versus resume. Um, you know, I have a lot of girls that ask this. They may send their resume in, and the first thing a coach does is reply back and say, can you please fill out the questionnaire? Or, you know, they may just not even know the questionnaires are there, or vice versa. Only be filling out the questionnaires and never sending a direct resume. Best answer for this is, especially those top programs that you're really interested in, always do both. It doesn't hurt to do both, even if it's repeated information. Um, it, it definitely does not hurt to do both. I would say, and I actually did a survey with coaches and out of, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 coaches, maybe more, majority of them all said said resume more importantly than than the questionnaire. Majority did say that. Several of them said they would prefer both, um, but not many of them said they just want the questionnaire. Most all the coaches want to hear directly from you. Um, you know, they, they want that personal email, that intro email, um, your resume. You know, so that's typically going to hold a little bit more weight. The issue that they run into and why they do want you to fill out questionnaires a lot of times is a lot of times resumes aren't always complete with the information that they need, or they just may have some specific questions that they want to ask you that they can do on the questionnaire. So that's sometimes why they do want you to fill out the questionnaire. And they, they may not even look at your resume when they send you that link to fill out the questionnaire. They just may expect you to fill that out and and cover the things that they want you to cover and, and make sure you hit everything because they get a lot of very incomplete resumes that just don't have on it what they're looking for. So I always advise your top-level programs um, to do both. Um, now, if you send the intro email and resume and you get a response back from a coach and, and the communication goes, then obviously you don't need to. But if you're sending out initial things and you're trying your best to get as much exposure as possible, do both of them. 
uh, fill out as much as you can, get as much information out there. And you know, both those two types of initial communication uh, just helps you a little bit better chance to be able to connect with that coach and get the information that they need in order to then decide whether they want to add you to a list or not. And the last one that we're going to cover is a little more related to the tournament junior golf side of things, not as much the recruiting process, but my goal in these kind of take three episodes is to hit some different points. Um, so we'll talk about parent behavior. So we'll talk about, you know, player development, but this one is one that came from one of my players recently that I think a lot of, uh, a lot of junior golfers encounter. And I um, just thought maybe would pass along some of the advice that I passed along to her. And it's, you know, when, what do you do when you feel like you're practicing as much as you can and you're working as hard as you can and it's just not paying off? Um, had a recent player, you know, was playing really well the first day, was leading the tournament, and then the next day just didn't play well and, and knew that she, you know, just really kind of let uh, what was going on in the group and the the desire to win just really kind of take over. And I am not a mental coach, never claim to be. I love working with girls on some of the developmental side of things and the mentorship side of it and using some of my experiences and also the things that I, I wish I would have known and learned and in just some of the, the studying and, and learning that I have done, you know, over the years to, to help maybe piece a few things together. But in some cases, seeking a mental coach and, and a true golf psychologist is definitely beneficial. The mental side of the game needs as much work as the physical side. But just a couple of thoughts that I feel like would help is, you know, sometimes when you do practice so hard and you're doing so much, that expectation level and almost that expectation of, of perfection sometimes just takes over. And expectations in a golf game is just one of the biggest killers of, of a successful golf game. You just can't go into it, you know, with expectations of, of winning and expectations of hitting every shot perfect because there's so much out of your control. And, and when that pressure goes up and just the first little sign of things being a little bit off, when that expectation's high and you're thinking, I've been working hard, I've been doing all this, you know, it should just play well and I should win. That first, like I said, little crack of, you know, of not being perfect or a bad shot or something, it just cracks your confidence so much faster. I don't get me wrong. When you're working hard and, and you're, you know, you're practicing, you're doing all the things you should, then yes, that should be what's building your confidence. That should be what is hoping, you know, help, helpfully leading you to, to be confident and feel like you can win and feel like you should play well. That that's the point. But the, the expectation I feel like just needs to be more in your trust and your belief of yourself and your abilities and what you've done, not so much the expectation to win. Cause at the end of the day, you could go out and play the best round you've ever played and somebody else could play just a little bit better than you and still win the tournament. And if you're so wrapped up in what they're doing or, you know, whether you're going to win or not, then that's just going to get into your head so much more. So I just, I feel like if you can learn how to create the expectation to be a lot more about just trusting and believing in your abilities and in your work and what you're doing, that it's gonna, it's gonna take care of itself. Um, and, you know, not get so caught up and what everybody else is doing or what else is going on or who's going to win. You've just got to stay so much in your own, your own world, your own just kind of mentality and just trust yourself and, and know that you've done what you need to do and, and that outcome will take care of itself. And again, I know it's easy to say and I know when you're at that age, you're 15, 16, you know, 14, 13, 14, some of the younger ones, um, that, you know, that maturity and that emotional 
level isn't quite there yet to really grasp that concept. But the more, like I said, the more you just learn to believe and have the confidence in yourself and not just the confidence in the fact that you've worked so hard and you've practiced so much. Like I said, sometimes that just, you just end up beating yourself. And at the end of the day, you know, that that's um, typically it's not the other people who beat you. It's you beating yourself typically. So you just got to learn to trust yourself and, and love yourself for what you've done and, and appreciate that you've been able to do that and embrace it and be okay with it and whatever happens kind of happens at the end and you just kind of got to learn how to just relax a little bit and just let things play out the way they should again trust me if somebody had told me this when I was playing uh you know it sounds all great sounds good uh but you get on the golf course and I know it's so much different um but writing a few things down just a few reminders some things that just take you back to back to those things, back to a little bit more of, you know, those, those good positive feelings um, and just kind of help you bring you back to that and just have some things written down or something that just helps you go back to that that's in your golf in your golf bag, in your yardage book, whatever it might be. Those always really help a lot. Um, so if you've got some good kind of self-belief, trusting, confidence quotes or words or something, um, definitely advise you to write those down and, and have those and use them. Don't get so wrapped up and three holes later all of a sudden do that. You know, the minute you can tell it starts to find something that brings you back, brings you back to the present, brings you back to believing in yourself and believing in all that work you've done and the fact that it will, um, you know, it will pay off for you. So that is the first edition of Take Three. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope this gives you a little bit more insight into recruiting junior golf. Uh, I said the point is your questions. So that's what I'm here for on these episodes is your questions. You can go to the anchor link and you can actually submit a question. You can um, voice it in and would actually have you highlighted here on the episode with you asking the question. So you can do that on the anchor podcast link. Or you can also email it to me and or any of my Instagram, social media accounts. You can just send me direct messages with any questions you have, you know, at any time. Um, I think even my Instagram link has a podcast link, uh, podcast question link. So that's at Brandy Jackson Goff. That's Brandy with an I. And you can also go to the website brandyjacksongoff.com and submit the questions and so if you've got something you want me to go over in an upcoming episode send them over and I will take care of them until then everybody take care and thanks for tapping in to college golf thank you for joining me on this episode of take three on the tap in to college golf podcast as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can go to my website, you can go to my bio on Instagram, you can email me, um, anything you want to do to submit a question that you'd like to have me go over. You can also go to the anchor link and where you can find my podcast and actually submit a question um audio and we'll actually share it here on the actual episode. So whichever way you want to do it, I would love to get your questions and be able to answer them and and go over them in future episodes of Take 3. So looking forward to getting those questions and, and stories and scenarios that you'd like for me to cover and I will definitely get to those. So thanks again for joining.